Welcome everybody to We Ate All the Pies. Uh, I this might be a shorter show than usual, um, mainly because I'm I'm quite tired. Um, I would like to say that it's because I had a long day at work today, but that's not actually it. I've been I've stayed up way too late for the past two nights playing Football Manager. So full disclosure, <laughs> that is why I'm sleep deprived. But uh, but we're back, uh, Adam. Uh, yes. Are you sure it's not because the PGMOL has called you in to either be a new uh, video assistant referee? Well, first or, of all, I would uh, if if they called me in to do that, I would very quickly work my way up the organization and completely get rid of VAR. Um, so they wouldn't want to do that. Or is it because um, the uh, PGMOL knows you're not just going to give an elbow to uh, Andy Robertson? You're going to punch him straight in his Scottish, face, his Scottish face. I thought you were going to say you're going to give him the people's elbow. No, you're not going to give him that. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. Uh, no, I, I reached this. I, it's, it's People who play the game will know. Once you reach a certain stage of the season in Football Manager, you just got to keep going. And so I stayed up way too late uh, the past few nights getting through the last few games, and uh, I lost the Premier League not by a point, not by drawing a game that I should have won or, or, or whatever. I lost the Premier League by a single goal in this game. It, they, just just, just, because, just one because you didn't push the tempo enough. I guess, I guess so. It, it was... Uh, we we were even on points at 86 piece and uh, Chelsea had 46 uh goals i've i've accepted the job at arsenal this I, this was my third season in charge of arsenal and so we were on 45 points or 45 goals and i actually had scored more goals throughout the season than chelsea and so if I had gotten one more goal, or if I had not conceded to Wigan during that 4-1, when it had been a 4-0 win, I would have been the champions. But because of that one goal, one goal scored or one goal let in, uh, I, I I failed to uh, to secure the title, and Chelsea were back-to-back champions. So, so what year was this? What, what this year? Was the, this was the in in the game. This was uh, 14-15. So. So the fifteen sixteen season is going to be the season that uh, Arsenal gets their revenge, hopefully. Virtual Arsenal, not real Arsenal. Honestly, I mean, eighty six points to win the league—that seems like a low number. Does doesn't it to you? Um, not in a competitive league. Like when it's, I don't know. It's the the game is much more, I think, competitive than in real life. So, I mean, maybe so, yes, but. I don't know. It it there I think when I a few seasons ago when I won the virtual Premier League with Virtual Arsenal, uh it was by less points. It was it was with less points. So they they've been pretty pretty competitive and pretty um there's been a lot of a lot of parity. I mean, hopefully with the signings that I make in the off season and not having players that are unhappy and want to leave in my team, I'll whitewash the league and win it by a mile, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Anyways, that's the virtual world. Um, let's talk about the real world, which um, was pretty exciting this weekend for lots of different reasons. Sorry, Brighton fans. Um, 
But in particular, what I found exciting was uh, Liverpool 2, Arsenal 2. This one with potentially major implications in the title race. Um, Premier, or, uh, Manchester City, the defending Premier League champions, are currently... What is it? Is it? It's. I think there's six points behind uh, Arsenal um, in the uh, in the title race. They have a game in hand, and they they still play each other. So, uh, any dropped points at this point for uh, for Arsenal is kind of a, a a win for City, and this was definitely. Dropped points. They were up by 2 0 and ended up drawing at Anfield. Uh, typically exciting game. Included some controversy, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I guess I want to start the conversation here, Jordan, by saying are, are, is this, are we officially in title fight territory? Is this, is this turned into. Because I think we've been in sort of a weird stage where it's like, yeah, City could do it, but Arsenal are ahead by a lot. Now it's starting to look like maybe this lead is not as stable. As it first looked, uh, can I make a quick aside, Adam? Um, sure. I just want to say um, that in typical um, uh, fashion of the season, uh, seeing how it was Easter Sunday, uh, uh, Jesus did rise. <laughs> yes. Gabriel Jesus yes. uh, rose and scored a wonderful second goal yeah. for Arsenal. It really was good. And honestly, that's kind of that, that's kind of where you know you know, their momentum really ended. Um, I, I I believe that it's going to come down. It's going to be close. Uh, you know, City still has the game in hand, plus the game against Arsenal. And don't forget, though, the, that, that weekend after Arsenal plays Manchester City, which was, um, which was, I think it was a postponed game, right? Yes. Um, they play Newcastle. Oh no, yeah. I mean, definitely there are they, they still have some difficult games left. I, I wouldn't, you know, certainly wouldn't write that off. Um but but just the fact I, that they still do I, have to play City in, in such a big a, a big game. But yeah, I mean it's it's just no. just when they play City, that doesn't mean it's over. No, like, no, 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 no. Game. I agree. I agree. Arsenal's running is gonna be difficult, because um, I believe uh let me look at it real quick. I think they, they, I know they play us. I know they play Manchester City. Still, uh, still, um, I believe they also play Brighton. Yeah, I believe. Which, uh, God, they also okay. play West Ham. So you know, there's, there's that one. Okay, That's so true. I was wrong. They play Manchester City. Then they play Chelsea. Oh. Then they play us. And then they play Brighton. So in that next, basically that next month of games in the Premier League for uh, for Arsenal, after West Ham and Southampton, it's Manchester City, Chelsea, Newcastle, and Brighton. The only team on, on that list is Chelsea that really don't have anything to play for. Maybe, maybe if just things go horribly wrong, they might. You know, there is a possibility of relegation for Chelsea, but. That's highly doubtful. Um, but the other three are going to be incredibly tough games. So the job is not yet done. Arsenal, you know, have to 
I, they just had, they, you know, they, that's the one, you know, the one thing they've shown this season and they got continued doing it is responding to Manchester city and keeping up the pressure on them to chase them down. What well, I mean, in this one in particular, what do you think was the, I mean, was it Arsenal just sort of failing to, to kind of keep their foot on the neck of Liverpool more, or was this a genuinely good Liverpool effort? I'm sorry, I'm watching the highlights. I'm just seeing Diego Hota um, terribly attempt to win a penalty, which was clearly, clearly not a penalty. Um, or was it? Oh, did they give a penalty? I missed this yeah, part. Yeah, they did. Mo Salah missed it. <laughs> that was his second penalty miss in two two attempts. But um, what in particular that made it more difficult for Arsenal is because the way they like to play Zemchenko, especially in possession, is they kind of play him as an, an inverted midfielder. Right. You know, he's given the freedom to come inside Damn. and to, you know, move around in the formation. Well, they kind of did – Liverpool did something similar with Amy Robinson. You noticed in the second uh, – or actually it was – I think it was, no, it was Trent Alexander-Arnold. You noticed yeah. in the second half, they brought Trent in more towards the middle, allowing Mo, Mo Salah to get more one-on-ones against Zivchenko in that space that you know Zivchenko would generally vacate to, you know, A – Give Mo Salas, you know, the opportunity to does what he does best, you know, take players on in a one-on-one situation, and be also kind of, you know, stifle Arsenal's creativity. Um, I will say, Liverpool, and they, you you've seen it this season too. Liverpool are a team to where they are up for the big matches, but at the same time, you know, away at Bournemouth, they'll fart and fall down. Yeah. And I, I will say, I I think you said before about sort of talking about Virgil van Dijk and kind of how he's maybe fallen off. And I, 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 I still stand by that I think defending is more of a – it's more of a team effort than it is individuals. Like, you know, pointing at individuals often, I think, unless they're egregious mistakes um, when a team isn't good defensively. I think it's it's more of a collective and, you know, figuring out how to play – uh, defense as a team and who to mark when and how to drop off and things like that. There's got to be some synergy there. However, he did not look very good in this game in the first half. Um, I mean, the the, no. the the Gabriel Jesus goal, the second goal, I mean, he's in no man's land. And I understand, yeah, I, no. I think it's Robertson who who's maybe uh, is on the other side and, and maybe you could say he's, he's do, needs to do better, but you have the central striker of the opposing team there in the middle. You're the commanding center back. You've got to get him. Well, I mean, it was I, – I, okay, so the first goal against Martinelli was just a bad job just trying to take the ball off him because it was yeah. kind of stuck in his feet very, as he's going through that Liverpool box, yeah. and then he scores that goal. Very reactive defending, yeah. Uh, the second goal, the – I honest, I honestly do not blame Van Dyke as much as I blame Robertson because Robertson clearly sees that, you know – Jesus has found a little bit of space and he, and he further, you know, kind of um, clears himself, you know, clears himself a nice little pocket by faking a run towards the, towards Van Dyke and then kind of curling back. Like he, he kind of runs toward Van Dyke, uh, Van Dyke, like a yard or a, a yard or maybe a yard and a half and then sort kind of cuts back 
towards that evacuated space and it's just, you know, once the ball hits his head, it's going in. So Van Dyke did him no no favor, did himself no favors by his positioning, but that second goal I I think is more on Andy Robertson because he could see that uh, no, uh, you know, Jesus is kind of lost in the shuffle that no one's really, you know, picking him up. The, the, the Liverpool equalizer, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at it here. You know, first of all, Zinchenko just gets absolutely schooled by Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, that, that's not, not, not a good look uh, considering all the praise that he's gotten this season. Um, but also just, I don't know, I don't, I'm not sure if, just terrible marking in the box by Arsenal. I mean, they, they, they seem to just sort of switch at random and, you know, nobody follows it. Everybody goes toward the goal except for Roberto Firmino. And that's who Trent picks out. And it's, it's just, it's again, very reactive defending, not very focused. Um, You know, Ben White, who's kind of over there on the right side, doesn't really see him or, or kind of ends up in between Trent and, 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 and Bobby, and I think it's it's a great ball by Trent, but I just, again, really reactive defending, and it looked like it was more of a case of, you know, they, they kind of thought it was over and they could take care of it. So it, it's it's Arsenal and City who are sitting here at the top. They've, they've been there for a while. Now things are starting to tighten up. Who, who do we, we think is going to end up on top of this based on what we've seen recently? And... I mean, what's – I don't know. As a neutral, Jordan, who do we want to win? Who do we – let's just put it that way. Not who is going to win. Who do we want to win the Premier oh, League between uh, these two teams? I want Arsenal to win. Really? I, 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 oh, of course. Um, just because I, 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 I would feel – I would feel so empty if City went out and said, okay – uh, we're going to buy the best, probably the best young striker in the world. And we're just going to kind of blow through the league. Yeah. Well, they did, They haven't blown through it, which is, you know. Which is a terrifying thought. No, no. Right. And that's what's even more depressing is the fact that this city team is not at its best. Like, I, I, I clearly see this city team has a, a level or two above where they're at, which they can achieve. And that's what's terrifying, and that's what's soul-crushing. That's why I want Arsenal to win this. You know, I mean, Arsenal, I mean, yes, they've won, uh, they've won I think they've won, what, three FA Cups since the last time they won uh, the Premier League? So, uh, yes. So yeah. I, I am... Two, two I am, under Wenger, one under, I think, Arteta. Or was it Unai Emery? It, Unai? it may have been Unai. I am just, and I'm also ready for some new blood in the title scene. You know, for the past couple, you know, for the past couple seasons, it's been City Liverpool, the main one two. Kind of prior to that, it was City United, or actually it was City Chelsea. And then, you know, early in the in the in the decade of dominance that you know Manchester City's been on, it was you know City and United. Yeah. I, I kind of want some some uh, you know other than the 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 outlier that was the Leicester City season, which is probably one of the one of the greatest seasons 
of Premier League football in, in all time, in my opinion. Um, I, I want some fresh blood up at the top. And it would be nice to see another team that doesn't necessarily have the, you know, the unlimited funds like Manchester City and apparently Chelsea do, you know, achieve the, the you know, the ultimate prize. I think it, it's better for the league if Arsenal wins. Um, but I, there's, there's something that is, is kind of bothering me kind of as, as I watch this game as it goes on and as Liverpool sort of comes back, I'm starting to look and wonder if Arsenal has spent so long at the top that they're too comfortable. You know, that there's, there's been this gap, they've been protected, they haven't had to fight, and now that they're having to fight, this is where the problems are going to arise because now it's not just you. Now it, it definitely does matter if you don't pick up the points against Liverpool. Now it definitely does matter if, you know, by some fucking miracle, West Ham manages a draw against you. Now it really does matter if, you know, you can't get the job done against Brighton or Newcastle, aside from the fact that you have to play City again. So I I think there's there's and it's it's just on the surface, and maybe this goes away next week and you know they they drive West Ham into the ground, which I'm I'm just preparing myself mentally for right now. But, you know and maybe that goes away and maybe suddenly the, the title the title fight is back on. But I am I'm concerned at how this game went. You go two new, two goals up against Liverpool, against this Liverpool team. I expect you that you're going to win. If you have a if you're a, if you have a title pedigree this season, I expect you're going to win that game if you go up two nil on them. And they just didn't. I get it. Liverpool's got a the Liverpool's still a good team. They have a lot of good players. I think it's it's we've talked about it before. I think it's Klopp's system. I think he just wears his players down. I think if you don't regenerate the squad enough. You end up running into situations like this. I'll but be honest you still with you, have you still have to win win this one if you go two 0 up against Liverpool at Anfield or your place. I don't care where I don't care which one it is. You've got to win this game. And so the fact they didn't worries me. I'll be honest. This game to me, from from you know the pre match, it felt like a draw. I was pleasantly surprised when Arsenal went up two 0 on them. But the entire time I was thinking. It was going to be a draw because you're at Anfield. It is Easter Sunday, and it's also the day that Liverpool, uh, because this next weekend they're going to be away, uh, did the uh, uh, commemoration of the Hillsborough disaster. Oh, yeah. So you have you have you know Easter Sunday, Hillsborough, and Anfield lined up against you. Honestly, I, I felt like this game was going to be a, a draw, but. Um, it, and uh, Arsenal should have won. I just had a feeling it was going to be a draw. Yeah. And I will say I did not like the move of when they put in, um, is it Kaikor? When they put Ar- in the extra center back. What? Uh, when they put in the extra center back. Who, Arsenal? Yes. Okay. Uh, let me see if I can, if I can translate this one for you. Um, Oh wow! I've never heard of this man before. Jakob Kiwar. K- 
Kiwar. Thank you. It's Polish. Of course you can't pronounce it. Um, yeah, I've, that's that's a weird one. I I remember this name. It's vaguely. I just didn't think we'd see him. But base, but so yeah, I mean, you, too, way too defensive. And I mean, and you sub, and, and I think they subbed him on in like the seventieth minute. Uh, oh. it's, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me. Eightieth. Yeah, Where, ten, ten minutes yeah. left, and seven minutes yeah. later, Firmino scores the the equalizer. So yeah, they had they even had another center back. That's that's even worse. Yeah, that's even more concerning. <laughs> that they didn't I, I, win this game. I will say, we are about we are about to enter a phase of uh, of games where the mentality of this Arsenal team is going to be tested. Yeah, uh, I I feel like you know you you were right you you've said this before. Uh, they've been front running. And, you know, now we're going to see what happens when they get punched in the mouth. And I kind of feel like there are certain teams below them, especially the one that's chasing them right now that's been punched in the mouth all season. And I think the mentality that Manchester City is going to be carrying into this end of the season might honestly lead them to both the Premier League title and the Champions League title. Yeah, they could win against uh, Bayern Munich. Earlier at, this earlier at, this week, at Munich, no less. Yeah, uh, no, no, it was it was in Manchester. It was in Manchester. Yeah. Nah. Okay, not that it matters anymore because the away goals don't 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 count. But yeah, they go to Munich uh, next week. Um, now I see what you're trying to do there with the whole punching in the mouth thing and the uh, the the segue into talking about <laughs> Andrew Robertson. <laughs> uh, but real quick, so so we both said obviously it would be better for the league if. Arsenal wins it, and we don't have another city uh, three-peat. However, what does your gut tell you is going to happen? What do you feel? Because I know what I feel, and I don't like it. So so, so my heart is telling me Arsenal's going to do this. They're going to Your body is telling have, me, yeah. <laughs> that's what my heart's telling me. However, my gut, I have that sinking feeling that Manchester City is somehow going to pull this fucker out. Me too. They're just they're too good to not do it. Me too. And it's, uh, yeah. And are are aren't they still in con- in contention for the FA Cup? No. No. Okay, they're out of that. Okay, so they so they can only win the double. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yes, they are. Yeah. Uh, I I kind of I kind of feel like this team in particular. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Whether it's you know Jack Grealish. Uh, turning into the player he should have been the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whether it's, you know, Erling Holland, you know, having a nice, you know, a kind of a little bit of a drought, but then he comes back in stunning fashion. By Um, the way, if, 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 for anybody, if you didn't see Holland's, I think this was his second goal against Southampton, um, this past weekend, go back and look. It's, it's, very, very memorable. We'll just put it that way. It's one of those. It's, it's. You know how in the NBA there are some guys you're just like, you, you, they, they slam. You know, you want them to slam the ball down. Like that's a. It's a. It's a. It's a natural phenomenon level occurrence where you're just like, yes, I want to see that. I want to see him slam it down, 
just getting on a breakaway and and just you know put it into the net. That's what this goal is like. It's it's a wonderful cross and it's an overhead kick. You need to go back and look at it. But I was yeah. gonna say. I was going to say, you know, you're right with the, the basketball reference. However, I was going to say that more felt like, to me, like young Shaquille O'Neal, like making a move on the low block and then just throwing down like a thunderous dunk. Yeah. And then just kind of hanging there because yeah. there was just so much power and grace in that overhead kick. A guy yeah. that big should not look <laughs> that good doing that and then of course we also got the meme of the weekend besides the you know the uh the the elbow from the from the referee uh erling holland undoing his hair (laughs) what is that's got to be like a i don't know it's 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 like the the you know the Vikings that come on and they come ashore in England and they kill a cu- couple of guys and they let their hair down. Like that's it's that level of stuff. It's that yeah. This is we we yeah. ca- we came here. We fucked up some shit. Like that's yeah, that's er- the, it, that's what it, it looks like. It looked like Erling Holland was about to walk into like uh, a monastery and say, "I'm here for your <laughs> shit." Oh, your, your god, your, your gods have I have your gods do not concern me. So let's uh, uh, let's let's get into this elbow gate. Um, so for those who who've been living under a rock and didn't catch this, uh, basically at halftime of the city of the Arsenal Liverpool game, things got a little testy, uh, like they do when these two teams meet. Usually does happen. Um, and assistant referee by the name of Constantine Hot, I'm going to try Hotsidakis or Hotsidakis. Uh, it's vaguely. Greek sounding name. Uh, uh, the, you mean ha uh, ha ha? I'm not going to be refereeing any Premier League games anymore. Yeah, he's gets he's caught on camera. Basically, I I mean, and this is one of those things where it's like it's so strange that even the British media kind of writes in their super, you know, we want to make sure we don't get sued legalese type writing. Like he is alleged to have elbowed Andy Robertson and can be seen in the video raising his elbow up to Andy Robertson's face, getting as close as they can to saying it without actually saying it because there's such a disbelief that this actually happened. Uh, fuck that. I'm going to say it. He elbowed him in the face. You, no. We all saw it. He elbows him in the face. It happens. And as much as I enjoy seeing Andy Robertson sometimes get hit in the face, he didn't deserve that. No one deserves that. And it was absolutely ridiculous. And I think it just it added to a weekend of VAR mishaps and referee miscalculations that um, unfortunately are becoming all too common in the English game, despite the addition of a video assistant referee. So uh, um, he has uh, so uh, uh, PGMOL, um, who we've all we've heard that acronym enough this season for a lifetime. They are investigating it. The assistant referee in question has been taken out of the rotation of referees in the meantime. So he will not be refereeing a game this weekend in the Premier League or anywhere. And I suppose he'll be. He won't. You won't see him in, in the. At least you won't see him in the top flight of the game ever again. After this, no. I assume. Um, his punishment will be you know, going to the championship level, which. Or maybe honestly, uh, which honestly enough, those games could be equally as passionate 
as Premier League matches. What, what watching watching the replay of the incident, which honestly, for as how many cameras they had on site at Liverpool, you know, uh, at Anfield, you know, for Liverpool versus Arsenal, which um, for our American listeners, uh, uh, that was the first match uh, that Peacock used uh, data zone, which I thought was incredible. Uh, yeah, explain this. Explain this okay, for so me. Data, I, I missed so this. Data, so data zone is a new feature. And I think they're doing it once per week on Peacock where they will have cameras extra cameras inside the stadium tracking every player. And what they're doing is after the 10th minute, I, I think the players are, I think most players honestly wear some kind of device where like, they, you know, the team itself can track, can, you know, track like heart rate, um, you know, top speed, you know, uh, number of steps and, you know, you know, so it's tracking their running. Basically, NBC, uh, you know, NBC slash Peacock are doing the same thing, but using cameras. And so they're going to, you know, in real time after the 10th minute, provide updated stats uh, for every player on the pitch. That's pretty cool. And at the same time, they're also the way the feed looked. And I thought this I, I wish the, the actual game would have been a little bit bigger, um, but they're also providing a like a like kind of like a like a tactical screen in the bottom right corner so we could you could actually see like where the teams in terms of formationally they're lining up on the pitch so it's like it's so you you can see the real life in 3d game going on over here but then over in the corner we have the old football manager disc display of players moving around okay that's pretty cool and also on the match too You'll see, like when, like when the ball gets passed to a player, if they, if if they do have the time, they'll throw up the player's name, okay. like above their head. Yeah, that's pretty pretty cool. ingenious. I loved it. Um, what that, what what that incident, what that uh, incident to me was, it was the assistant referee. He was been, he, he must have been hearing it from Andy Robertson all night, and so at halftime, Robertson is approaching him, and just in a moment of pure insanity. He like kind of like throws like kind of like he was blocking him out like hey give me some space, and you can't do that. You're an official. You cannot. Yeah, it looks even even attempt to to you know whether whether it's you know to you know give yourself breathing space or not. You cannot touch a player. Yeah, I agree. Now I will say this, and this is for all you Fulham fans out there. Hello, Caleb. Um, R.I.P. Caleb. Uh, it he's not, he's not dead. <laughs> he's, he's he's still very much around. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure Andy Robertson touches the official. He, just going to say that he probably does. He put, probably put does, but not that that deserved an elbow. I'm just saying, no. given recent eight game bans, which are stupidly long and ridiculous, and a complete and total double standard. Now we see another double standard from the Premier League again where Andy Robertson probably isn't going to get any suspensions for touching the referee, even though that apparently deserves an eight-game ban if you belong to certain other clubs. Just going to say that. Well, for full context. I mean, I mean Mitro, you know, maybe maybe there was, maybe there was, maybe there's a Balkan bias in terms <laughs> of uh, 
uh, you know, handing down, you know, suspensions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because the, the Serbs don't need any more excuses to think it's them against yeah. the world. Yeah, no, 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 no kidding. But maybe they were also afraid, you know, afraid <laughs> that, uh, you know, if it wasn't, if it was, if it was, they, they might have been thinking more. And then, like, Mitro, like, called a cousin or something. And Finley. They got, you know, they got intimidated a little bit. And they're like, uh, we'll do eight. Um, but no. <laughs> I mean, it's insane that an official touched a player. Yeah. And in and, and that manner. Uh, obviously, very very bad. So, so that's going on. I, I assume the assistant referee is gonna, um, gonna be taken out. I was I was impressed by Klopp after the after the game, though. I think he was asked about it. He basically, said, "Look, I didn't see it. You know, they'll they'll investigate it. I'm sure, but I I didn't see it, so I don't feel like I can comment on it." Which is, um, oh, uh, I will say, unlike his previous comments, I, I will say another thing about the data zone, which I which I I mean, I heard it for sure. I believe there's also more mics on the pitch as well, uh, because you could clearly hear like when like an official was like you know whether lining out a free kick or like you know trying to like you know assess a fa- assess a foul, you could hear the players come around him and just tell him to fuck off. All, like it, it was like I heard Jordan Henderson multiple times just tell the referee, "Oh, fuck off." <laughs> So, so so basically, not for <laughs> be careful with the kids. Although I would yeah, tell you to yeah, do that no. anyways around Andy Robinson. But um, yeah, yeah. The, w- w- what? <laughs> that's no like it's just that's I just been with his language. I mean, Andy Robertson didn't play for Sunderland now. Come on. <laughs> no, I just been with his language, not like that. Uh, not 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 like that. Um. By the way, please uh, give Finley like some. I don't. What did you ask for? Like a steak or her food? Please give. Please give her whatever she wants. So she no, can stop interrupting. Uh, Sarah Beth is Sarah Beth is heading to work. She's oh. unfortunately working overnights, so she just left. And Finley, she doesn't is like upset. it. No, She's Finley fine. is not a fan. Oh, sorry, Finley. Um. um okay. Well, okay. Speaking of officiating errors. Um, right, I'll just we talk this, about. We'll just. I'll just get it out of your system. You won, so you don't have to. No, 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 no. That's that's that that uh, that. Okay, that was a slight footnote. I feel like you know when we talk about VAR, um, there were some instances that involved Newcastle early in the season, where, uh, and this actually involved United. Um, Bruno Fernandez kicked oh Fabian Shar in the box, uh, and that wasn't him the penalty. However, new ca- uh, uh, you know Alexander Isak raising his leg up to like the waist of Rico Henry, and then Rico's Henry Rico Henry's head going down, all five foot seven of them was deemed a penalty, yeah. and it just seemed kind of ludicrous given the fact that I, I believe it was almost a two minute two minute review period for VAR before they even called the official over to wa- like watch it again on replay. So the 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 one I question I think that ours, that uh, that Jordan was talking about came in the, the Spurs Brighton match where um, basically Sully March gets the ball inside to Welbeck, he gets around Hodgeberg, he puts in a shot, it deflects off of McAllister, and goes into the net. Now, mind you, uh, Alexis McAllister's arms are down by his side; he cannot move them anywhere else. 
it does deflect off of you know his arms, forearm, what it would that 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 part of his body, and and spins into the net. I just, I mean, there's just nothing. What else can he do there? Like there's there's nothing else that that can happen there, and it's ruled out for a handball when there was no handball. I mean, it it's it was ridiculous and. I think there was another um, incident where um, Brighton probably should have had a penalty when Matoma went down. It was just it. They got shafted at Spurs, no, and 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 uh, in a in a in a top four race that's this tight, those kind of calls are really going to come back to 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 really affect the end. And it's all well and good that PGMOL can can come out and say, "Oh well, yeah, it should have been this way." Well, that's great. Look, we've got this tool that's meant to be used in a way to prevent these sorts of things from happening, and yet you're still coming out and saying, yeah, sorry, it, it happened. Again, I just go back to the fact that I just don't understand why we have VAR. I don't think anything's changed. Nothing has changed. It hasn't made it anything better. It slowed the game down. Decisions are still incorrectly given, or decisions that should have been given aren't. And it just hasn't changed anything. Nothing has changed. There's no... It still happens at the same frequency that it did before. Nothing has changed. And I don't understand why we have VAR. Because um, this is the stuff that it was supposed to fix, and it's not fixing it. It's making it worse. Yeah, no, uh, I totally agree. Uh, Brighton had two legitimate goals chalked off. Yeah. Uh, which, honestly, the commentary on the uh, on the, the Welbeck goal um, furiated me because the uh, the commentary I heard they, they kept saying that was a clear hand ball. And I'm like, well, no, it's not. He can't do anything with with his arm just because it deflected off him does not mean he, you know, did anything active to, you know, uh, to the ball. He's just, he's just there. So you're going to penalize him for, for, for doing nothing in the box. And then, you know, they also missed, um, the 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 penalty that should have been given to Matoma and that should have been a red card. Yeah, Jeez, uh, because yeah. that was, I mean, because you because Hoiberg st- stomped on his foot like he missed the he like he like he missed the ball completely. That's a red and a penalty. And then the first goal Matoma scored, which we could disagree about this. I think where it hit his arm in like the upper part of his sleeve should have been considered playable. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 still all over the place. And again, and, and some of this stuff I think is down to like, well, you know, according to the rule, if it hits this and go like, but again, before the rules weren't treated that way. It was referees' discretion, and sometimes the referees decided under their discretion that it was wrong. We brought in VAR to try and fix that so that they could go back and look at it. it hasn't fixed anything. We still have we, we we still have these issues, and I just don't I, I don't understand it. it. Doesn't make any sense to me. Um, no, it so does not make any sense to me either. Brighton Brighton miss out um, on, a, on a big opportunity to to get at least a point from Spurs, and 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 it's completely ruined by the referees. Honestly, they pro- honestly they have legitimate uh, g- legitimate gripes to say that they should have won that match. Yeah, and. Also, but and it also, however, I will say this: that match did give us probably one of the best touchline 
disputes ever when both uh, the Brighton manager Roberto De Zerbi and whoever Spurs is who's who's uh, Christian Cellini, yeah, um, yeah, Cellini, they they not, uh... they are both sent off in a in 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 a huge shouting match that ends with uh, or results in a shoving match. Coaches off the bench going at each other. The story that I heard is that apparently Stellini and Zerbi have a running grudge from when they were both players in in Italy. Um, they've never liked each other, and because of that, it, it spilled over here. There actually was some some words exchanged before the match during warmups, and then that continued on. So they were both sent off, and it looked kind of innocuous. Like, well, okay, that that incident didn't. I, I think it's a bit harsh on Stellini, but I I do wonder maybe if. The previous pre-match incident didn't have something to didn't didn't. I wonder if that had a played a role in them being sent off. Is that the referee said, "Look, we've this has been happening since before the whistle. Um, I'm just not going to put up with it anymore. You're both off." So. <laughs> and it was funny too uh, because uh, like during the actual incident, Deserby is just you know cussing up a storm, and so. Uh, Zellini is just kind of looking the op like, like he just like had his hands at his at, at his waist and just kind of like looking off in the opposite direction like uh, I see nothing I hear nothing and Deserby is like freaking out like five feet from him. He gets sent off. I will say, in terms of like feisty feisty managers, I I, I think Deserby is my favorite. Because he is. He has not, sort of turned into the the Premier League's version of um, Diego Simeone. Because he 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 does not come off with the holier than thou attitude of Jurgen right. Klopp. Yeah. So so I think that's why he is currently like my my favorite feisty manager at the moment. Um, which I think the Premier League needs more of. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean Roy Hodgson, you know. You know, for all the good that Roy Hodgson's doing right now, I mean, does does his heart beat, you know, over a hundred, <laughs> you know, like 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 fifty beats per minute? Like, is Roy Hodgson legally dead on the touchline? That's what I'm don't don't speak don't speak ill of, of Uncle Roy. He's he's doing which, great things. Which um, apparently, uh, you know, we, we we talk, you know, we, we're coming out of Easter. And uh, we talk about, you know, if we talk about, you know, people rising. I'm very nervous about where uh, you're going with this. Uh, uh, let's let's talk about uh, the those Crystal Palace Eagles. Uh, um, they're flying high right now. Yeah, I mean, are, are Crystal Palace safe at this point? They beat they beat Leeds five one. Um, uh, so it was one nil to Leeds at halftime, and it's at Ellen Road. You got Leeds fans got to be thinking this is great. You know, we, we're gonna. You know we're we're in this relegation fight. This is gonna be a huge, huge win. Palace are kind of down there with us, so this is a big win against one of those teams. And Palace rattled off five straight. Actually, sorry, it's one one. It's so it's one one at halftime. Going into halftime, uh, it was one nil. Patrick Bamford scoring uh, that first goal. Mark Way he actually scored in stoppage time of of uh, of the first half, and then four straight goals for Palace. Two for uh, IU. Eze with a goal. That was a great one. And then Oats on Edward adding a fifth uh, in the 69th minute. Um, 
Palace are... So they're still in 12th. They're on 33 points. They're six points clear of the drop. Obviously, there's still a lot of football left to play. But, I mean, they're they're kind of almost at the point where I'm almost like, yeah, this is fine. They can... We can chalk them out out of the relegation zone fight. I, I think that they're gonna they're gonna be okay. That's the feeling I get. What's the, I mean? Are you the same way? Um. So I I think there's two teams in that in that bottom half of the table that I feel like are going to be safe, and I I have kind of you know worked themselves out of you know danger from being relegated, and it's Wolves and Crystal Palace. Yeah, those are um, the two that are kind of at the top. They're twelve and thirteen. And I also think they're the teams that are in form right now. You know, um, Wolves beating Chelsea this weekend yep. on an incredible goal uh, from Nunes. Uh, and then, you know, Crystal Palace is putting five past um, uh, leads. And, you know, I, I don't know what Roy Hodgson has done to the team, but the fact that you have elite, uh, you know, SA scoring and you also have the ghost of, Odson Edward scoring is, you know, crucial to Crystal Palace's efforts, you know, to stay in the top flight. Um, <clears throat> yeah, very good wins for uh, for for Wolves and for Crystal Palace this weekend. Wolves obviously getting that win in Chelsea's uh, first game under uh, new old manager Frank Lampard. Um. And that's two straight def- defeats for Frank Lampard at this point because they also got uh, yeah, they also got beat by Real Madrid today. Although I, I, I'm I'm told it was a better effort, um, and that a red card to Ben Chilwell would just kind of made that a bit a, a bit of an unlucky result for them today. Um, I want to talk about Leicester nil, Bournemouth one, mainly because I want to talk about the news this week that Dean Smith was appointed. Um, the new manager at, uh, I thought was at the Walker Stadium, at the uh, at the what's it? Is it the King Power Community? It's, 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 it's at the King Power Community. The King Power. Stadium. Okay. Say, yeah. Sorry. You almost, did you almost say the Whopper Stadium? Walkers. The Walker Stadium. Oh, Walkers. Yeah. Because <laughs> Walkers, for, for those not in the know, Walkers crisps, which are very delicious. Uh, the the Walker family used to be the primary owner of Leicester City. Uh, I mean, because that would be absolutely hilarious if the Leicester, the Leicester Stadium was named after the Whopper. It's it was no, it was not. However, uh, at least for a minute, I don't know if they still are, but Stevenage uh, FC of the League Two, uh, who were doing quite well, by the way, they did have Burger King as a sponsor, um, which is almost as good. We're getting way off track here. Almost as good, but not quite as Pizza Hut being Fulham sponsor back in the nineties. But that's that's for a different discussion for a different day. Um, so yeah, Leicester nil, Bournemouth one. Um, Philip Billing with another goal, uh, helping Bournemouth out of their struggles. Uh, this leaves Leicester City in the relegation zone. They're two points from safety uh, behind Everton. They've appointed Dean Smith as their new manager. Um, he was credited with saving Aston Villa from the drop, which feels like many, many moons ago at this point. Um, he then didn't do so well there and was sacked then. Uh, he went to Norwich and failed to keep them up. He hasn't got the best reputation, Jordan. Is this the end of Leicester's Premier League reign? And do we need to kind of prepare for what that means? I mean, 
you've said before, they this is a team that in the past decade, seven years is it now? Was it seven years ago? Leicester City were champions. Yeah. They were in the Champions uh, League. So, I mean, we, we kind of talked how it kind of felt like it was going to be a race to the bottom and how, you know, a lot of these games that were ending up with draws, uh, you know, when are teams going to start actually caring about goal difference? Because that, I thought that was going to be a you know a crucial player. There was, and it still might be in terms of who goes down on the final day. But I feel like there are two teams, Southampton, and I think Leicester City have separated themselves from the rest of the pack down there. And I almost think that they are greater than a coin flip's probability of going down. I, I think Leicester just has that about them right now. Um, you know, they have a ton of talent, but it's just not working. And I don't know what they can do to make it, make it work. I, I, maybe Dean Smith is the answer, but it, it kind of feels to me, um, that maybe they brought him in, um, because he has experience in the championship and, in the inevitability, in, uh, if you know, if and when they go down, uh, that he is going to be a value for them down there. And By the way, I just saw I that. Oh, sorry, I thought you were done. I just saw the Mateus Nunes goal for Wolves against uh, Chelsea. Hell I, I, I also kind of feel like maybe this is what Leicester City's needed for, especially after this season, um, just to freshen it up. You know, yeah. Uh, Harvey Barnes has how, how long have Harvey Barnes, Yuri Tillemans, and you know James Madison been at the club? Probably five years. And how long have they been, to quote newspaper sources, about to leave the club? You know, for I mean, three? I mean, yeah, I mean, there been talks about this that team being in for Harvey Barnes for James Madison. Tillemans was a, a huge, um, you know, sort of transfer rumor you know where he was going to go that was a, a big one over the summer so yeah I mean it I agree I this this disappointment feels like one of those where you know it's something new it's 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 a fresh take but also at the same time you know we're probably gonna lose um you know we're, we're probably gonna lose some players in you know whether we stay up or not, we're probably going to lose some of our big players. It's probably going to be tough next season. We need a manager who, frankly, is is used to slumming it. Um, yeah, we saw you Leicester City. Leicester did not spend really transfer wise a whole lot in in the summer. They haven't really refreshed the squad. A lot of people say that's that's one of the reasons why uh, Brendan Rodgers was unsuccessful because he he just didn't have a, a fresh squad to work with. Um. And I want, I just, I kind of wonder if it's not just, uh, you know, an issue of, you know, there's, there's some, some stagnation, some issues at the club, but also financially, you know, if they lose these players, do they have the financial strength to get equal number of players back to, you know, to make up for that lost talent? And I don't, I, I don't know if that the answer is yes. So. I mean, it's it's not looking good for for Leicester, and I think the the I this this sort of period of time in which Leicester City have been in the Premier League were promoted, and 
you know, were were successful, I think that we could we could definitely we're, we're definitely seeing that start to come to an end. Oh no, I totally agree with you. Um, I mean, I was going to ask you a question: Is is Leicester City's best striker right now currently a um, a past his prime, Jamie Vardy? Because you know they brought in Kelechi Iheanacho, you know, big move from Manchester City, um, you know, a couple years ago. He's going to be the you know the the new face of the new face for Leicester City, and he has done absolutely you know jack all yeah. since he's been there. And this team, Leicester City, just seemed to be to to have stagnated to uh, so much that's that just it rotted out the core of the club, and they just don't have anything in them to really keep really stay up this season. I think they're going to spend next season in the championship and hopefully retool from selling at least three players for probably somewhere north of fifty million apiece. Um, I mean, if they get relegated, will you get that much for them? I, I, teams I, are going to hold out because teams are going to hold out. I think because you're going to you're going to have Tillemans wants out, Madison wants out, Barnes wants out, and Didi probably is going to want out. Um, you know, you have some other players who probably don't want to be there, and that pressure. And I think other teams are going to see that. And I think that pressure from the players to say, "Look, I, I don't want to be here anymore. You need to let me leave, and this is not the level that I want to play at." I think that pressure is going to to lead teams to say, look, we'll wait this out. We know we're going to get them for, for a lower value. Also, I don't know if you have many legs to stand on as a club if you get relegated to say, yeah, these are 50 million pound players. Um, I, I, I mean, other than, the, you know, the iteration that, you know, you, you could claim that this season is an iteration. It's, an, you know, it's an outlier. So I, what I would say is they might be 50 million pound players, given the fact that they would probably be rated at 70 if, if Leicester City were still in the Premier League. Hold on. I don't know about that. I mean, Harvey Barnes. I, I mean, look, as, Barnes as, has been as, good. As, 70 million as, pounds as, for Harvey Barnes. As someone who uh, was actively, you know, watching the pursuit of both James Madison and Yuri Tillemans over the summer, and then partially into January. It was said multiple times that Newcastle bid somewhere north of sixty-four million pounds, and that was turned down. So, yeah, which they won't get now. No, no, that's why I said they'll get fifty. I yeah. said they'll get somewhere between four, probably more closer to forty and fifty. But that's still one hundred and twenty million pounds that could be turned right back around, and you know, reinvest in you know players yeah. that are championship level for the time being and also possibly some younger talent to develop unless they have to clear some debts which i imagine they will have to with with the, with this amount also i would imagine 70 million pounds is a price that is reserved for someone with as deep of pockets as newcastle so so maybe if newcastle still wants to sign james madison it'll still cost you a cool 70 mil well we, we know you're I, good for it i i, I hate to, i hate to break your bu- burst your bubble um there has been rumors today that there's now another team in the race for Declan Rice in the summer, and it is the black and white. It's the Jordan boys. Well, so, I mean, it's it, that won't happen because he's a, he. I mean, he'll end up at London. I, I don't. He's not going to go up to Newcastle. I don't see that happening. I mean, he's he came came out of Chelsea. He's been at West Ham. He kind of came up. I, he's a southern. He's a southern boy. So I, I, I'm thinking he's going to stay in London, but 
I mean, I mean, I mean. Let me ask you this question, uh, Adam. Stranger things have happened too. I did not see Kieran Trippier signing at Newcastle. I mean, but he came you know, from, after his. Well, yeah, but he came from. Wait, why? I, I, I want to well, know why. Because he's a uh, he's because, a he's a city he's a Man City Academy product. So he came from the Manchester, north. Manchester City Academy product, sure, but spent some uh, spent majority of his Premier League time before Newcastle at Tottenham. Went away to Atletico Madrid for a season. Yeah, and then he comes back to Newcastle. I figured he'd probably stay closer to the closer to the capital, um, just because of his time at Tottenham. But I mean, you know what? Stranger things have happened. The summer is still so far away. Let's not focus on that right now. Um, let's focus, you know, on this glorious run up we're going to have because we got another what six, you know, another you know six weeks worth of, worth of matches. Yeah, that's kind of a weird thing about this season that I just want to point out real quick. So I was talking to my dad about this this weekend. Usually around this time, we're you know we're talking about you know stuffs being decided, and and we're talking about maybe three games left, or four games left, or five games left. You know, it ends in some sometime between early and mid May. Um, I mean, we still we're going we're on this train until May twenty eighth. Yeah, like that's a Man, that's be- that's a that's late. The FA Cup final isn't until um, I want to say the the uh, the first Saturday in June, and the Champions League final isn't until the second Saturday in June. So the, we're we're still we're we're going for a while here, and that makes me so happy because you know how I get like. Once Memorial Day weekend really rolls around, and I have I just I, I stare into the the abyss that is summer. I, I just get so incredibly depressed because you know the 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 the, the games. You know, I, I love football so much, and I, I really do dislike the time that it's not it's not yeah. in my life. Yeah. Um. So just to, re- okay. to recap real quick, your, your Easter weekend, uh, Man United beat uh, Everton by two goals to nil. Um, the unfortunate news out of this one, Marcus Rashford coming off with an injury that is one of those that didn't come as a result of contact, which makes you think it's, it, it's one of those that's bad. It kind of looked like maybe a, um, I don't know if it's a, it's a groin injury kind of thing. He sort of pulled up as he was chasing a ball. So, uh, that's bad news. Uh, Brentford won Newcastle two. Um, great second half effort from the magpies. We mentioned Lester nil, uh, Bournemouth one, Fulham nil, West Ham one, I mean, it's three points. We'll take it. It was, again, not a great game. Fantastic save by Lucas Fabianski, though, to, to preserve uh, the the 1-0 win. But it was an own goal that, that put uh, West Ham in the lead. So, And then I mean, the only, West Ham and David Moyes, the only combination there that can play with two strikers, Danny Ings and Michael Antonio, and still park the bus. I, I'm going to be honest with you, Adam. In terms of exciting matches, uh, throughout not. the entire and throughout the entirety of the weekend, that officially that, that one between Fulham and West Ham officially rates as my least exciting match yeah, of the. Weekend. It was not exciting. It was not. It was not good. I mean, it's a good win, and to be honest, the most exciting part of that match, which I told Caleb this, is that if when the camera pans out from the top of that new Riverside stand. There at Craven Cottage, you can see like the London skyline. It's very, very beautiful. Oh, that, that, that's awesome! <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's cool. 
that was a, that lot was, of, a lot of scenic crowd shots. Yes, it was very scenic. That was the best part I mean, of that entire game. I, I was gonna. I would ask you this question, Adam. If if you were to, if they were to during that broadcast, paint away to that new Riverside stand, and then just stay, just like hold focus on the London side, on the London skyline for ten minutes of game time, would you have been okay with that? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, pan it out. Let's see the London skyline, and then just they can, you know, I don't need to know who's who as long as I see different colored, you know, little ants running around there on the on the uh, on the pitch. I'm good. I can watch that and and see the London skyline. That'd have been perfect. Um, elsewhere in London, Tottenham to Brighton one, Aston Villa beat Nottingham Forest by two goals to nil. Ollie Watkins again uh, scoring. That's like. I don't know. I can't remember. He scored a ton of goals. He's he's a man on fire, uh, Ollie Watkins. He's really coming coming to life here under uh, Unai Emery. Um, he's got twelve goals now this season. Um, absolutely incredible. Uh, Wolves won. Chelsea nil. Uh, Southampton won. Man City four. Uh, and then we had Leeds one. Crystal Palace five. And then of course the two two draw between Liverpool. And Arsenal uh, at least the table looking like this. Arsenal are in the lead. They have a six-point lead over Manchester City. But City have a game in hand, and they play each other on Wednesday, April the 26th. So we will know much more about the title race before the season, or before the, excuse me, before the uh, month is out. Also on 29 games, Newcastle are in third on 56 points. Man United just behind them, also on 56 points uh, with 29 games. Tottenham have played one more game. They're three points off of that top four race on 53 points, but uh, they stay in the race with that win against Brighton. Aston Villa are in sixth now. Uh, they've climbed above Brighton, who unfortunately fall to seventh. Uh, Liverpool in eighth. Brentford just ahead of Fulham in ninth. Uh, Fulham are in tenth after their defeat uh, against West Ham. Chelsea 11th. Um, Crystal Palace coming in in 12th, and this is where we start to get a little bit into the relegation zone fight, but Palace are six points clear right now. Um, they play 30 games. Wolves are in 13th on 31 points. West Ham, Bournemouth, and Leeds, 14-15-16. Uh, but Leeds are just two points from safety. Everton uh, are out of the relegation zone, but only on goal difference. Um, they're in 17th. Nottingham Forest, Leicester City, and Southampton are the bottom three. At the moment, Forest uh, level on points with Everton, so they're they're just on the inside. Um, still a lot of football left to play. Um, you know, Adam, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Everton and Nottingham Forest um, both sitting on twenty seven points. The only difference is uh, you know uh, a goal difference of yeah. uh, ten, uh, ten uh, a goal difference ten yeah. in the favor of Everton. Yeah, I'm looking at this Nottingham Forest run in. Man United, Liverpool, Oof. Brighton, Brentford. Oh, no. You have the bottom team in the table, Southampton. But they still might be fighting for something. Yeah. You have Chelsea, Arsenal, and you finish out at you finish out with Crystal Palace. <clears throat> it's you, know, you mentioned you mentioned a couple weeks or weeks ago where you were looking at the West Ham run in. And you're like, where am I going to get these points? Uh, Nottingham Forest can 
start looking at this running and start wondering that same thing themselves because that's that's going to be tough. Yeah, forced uh, falling back into that relegation zone. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 like I said, it, we're 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 on this until the end of May, and so we're, don't don't get off the ride yet because it's just getting started. This weekend, uh, we start on Saturday. Um, uh, Aston Villa and Newcastle, seven thirty a.m. Eastern Time kickoff. That's going to be on USA from Villa Park. That's that's a that's a big one, Jordan. That's that's a tough one considering how good Villa have been lately. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. No. 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 Uh, uh, we've had a lot of <laughs> tough ones recently, though. Yeah. I, I will say. I will say the at, coming out of the loss in the Carabao Cup. You know, we t- I talked about getting punched in the mouth, and Newcastle got punched in the mouth for about a month straight. It was just not not good football, not focused. Uh, you know, the results weren't, weren't the results weren't coming our way, and it, it seems like something is you know the the spark has been relit. Um, and Newcastle had a newfound focus, a uh, a newfound, um, you know. Goal, you know, uh, goal scorer in Isak, you know, coming back from the injury, uh, and then kind of getting back into goal scoring shape. Man, he looked really good. Um, yeah, no, this is gonna be a tough game again, uh, uh, at Villa, uh, at Villa. But I, I, I have faith. You know, this this team, this team is doing what I've wanted all along. It gives effort. They, it, it seems like they really give a damn in the eleven. You know, yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, continue, oh, continue, continue. Sorry, I, I got off and uh, I got off. Continue. <laughs> continue <laughs> with the rundown of the weekend. Calm down, Jordan. It's just it's just an away game against Villa. Um. So, so, sorry. Ten a.m. Uh, ten a.m. Kickoffs. Uh, Southampton versus Crystal Palace. That's on Peacock. Wolves versus Brentford. Uh. Chelsea versus Brighton. That's also on Peacock. Tottenham versus Bournemouth is the USA match this week. I think that's a terrible choice. Uh, put Chelsea and Brighton on on the real TV. Everton and Fulham uh, from Goodison Park. That's on uh, Peacock as well. Those are all 10 a.m. games. 12.30 Eastern Time, Manchester City against Leicester City. That's on uh, Big NBC. Um, I, I think they're still putting those on Peacock. Don't know that for sure. Sunday... 9 a.m., uh, we start with West Ham hosting Arsenal. Prayers, that's all we need. Uh, that's at 9 a.m. Uh, that's going to be on... Excuse me, just check in here real quick. Yeah, it's on the USA Network. Uh, Nottingham Forest, uh, we mentioned their tough run, and they get Manchester United at home at the city ground. USA Network for that one, 11.30 a.m. kickoff uh, from the East Midlands. Leeds versus uh, Liverpool is your Monday game. It's a 3 p.m. kickoff from... Elland Road. Um, um, so I, I don't know. Uh, a quick hit, real quick. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you paid attention. Uh, did you see? Did you hear or watch anything about the big National League game on Monday? Uh, Na- not wait. Not uh, Wrexham. Oh, oh, na- uh, conference national conference. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. 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 You sorry, said I, national I, league, and I was just like, "You watching baseball now? Like what?" No. 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 Yes. The I know. Hinsworth are, Hinsworth the are doing okay, but no. Uh, you. You know me. Uh, well, I'm at the. Hence why I was confused. Okay. 
No, I, I mean, uh, yes, I, I heard, because so obviously this was Easter Monday, and so uh, the English lower leagues um, and the championship uh, played their games on Easter Friday and Easter Monday. It's a very good tradition. Lots of good games. I heard that there was an exciting game, but I didn't I didn't see that uh, between it was Wrexham and Notts County. Yeah. So uh, Wrexham, uh, big 3-2 win against uh, Notts County, who uh, – is honestly still, you know, still vying for uh, the, you know, the, the single automatic promotion spot. Yeah. Because they're both over a hundred points this season. Um. Uh, ben Foster comes out of retirement, makes a huge penalty save for Wrexham to keep them in the game. Wow. And get the full three points. That's got to be. I mean, surely that's got to be on the second season, right? Like you got to you got to include these scenes in in the second season of We Are Wrexham. Yeah, you you, you absolutely have to. Um, but by the way, I mean, we always we talk about Wrexham, and and I have not seen that series yet, but I've heard it is very very good, and, and people should should um, absolutely watch it. Notts County are also kind of one of those historic teams. This is one of the oldest clubs in. Uh, in the football, well, they were in the football league, but it's one of the oldest clubs in England. Um, it's 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 got a lot of history, and if you haven't heard about what happened there around the two thousand eight two thousand nine time frame, where they were supposedly bought out by this really really rich, you know, wealthy guy backed by all these these big mega donors, and and gonna was going to turn one of the club into this this huge, you know, hit and they, they brought in Sven Joran Eriksson as manager and Sol Campbell um, you know, was was there uh, toward the end of his career. All these these big, big names coming to this tiny, tiny club in Nottingham, um, all for it to end up being a complete and total sham and a con and and to come to an end after out of barely a couple of months, I think. If you haven't heard of that story, there's there's a great uh, BBC podcast series on it. Um, go look that up because it is really really fascinating how this all happened, and um, and and sort of the guy behind it and how shady it ended up being. I mean, it's it's a really really good story. So, sorry, I, I that I saw Knotts County and it just instantly made me think of that. It's it's a it's a great story to be, to to hear from. They talk to fans, they talk to people who were involved, stuff like that. It's it's a really good piece. So. No, no, that sounds incredibly interesting, yeah. man. You know, I don't know if you remember. I I remember when that happened, and 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 I was like, "This is so strange and weird." And and you know, why is Sven going to Knotts County? Like it was such a strange thing. And then for all, then then it all made sense when it once it came out. Um, so yeah, very very good series there. So I I, I want to end this show by talking about something that's really, really cool. I know I said this would be a shorter show, but uh, it's looking like that's not, that's not going to happen. Um, so, uh, so Jordan, we have in America for the people who don't know this thing that comes every summer and it's, it's been going for a couple of years now. It's called the basketball tournament. That's just what it's called. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's basically all amateur or semi-professional players um, it may not be some. It may just be all amateur players, but basically, guys who 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 just play this game, uh, play basketball, you know, for for fun. You know, they play in the park all the way up to guys who 
maybe almost made the pros but didn't, or, or they're hoping to make the pros and they want to play in this game. They they come together, they form a team, they pay the entry fee, they they get in. I think it's a sixty four team bracket. Um, they play in in a sixty four team bracket. I think it's a single knockout, um, kind of like the NCAA tournament, and the prize is a million dollars. And ESPN airs it, and it's. You know, I'm not going to lie. It, it when it comes on, it kind of tells me that we are officially in America in what I like to refer to as the sports desert, um, which is that period of time in the summer, like it right before we really kind of get into any preseason NFL anything, um, and there's just not a whole lot going on um, during that time. And then you know, if usually any of the soccer tournaments that have happened, they've happened earlier in the summer and so those are gone too and so there's just not much to, to, to watch uh sports wise um you know the nba playoffs are done the nhl stanley cup has been won all this stuff so there's just that period of time where there's nothing to happen the basketball tournament happens during that time but it's good it's it's a good tradition and it's fun and sometimes it's fun to watch and it's great and these you know it's funny to think that these are some guys who come in off the street to play and suddenly they're on television well they're doing that but it's soccer. And there's this new thing called the soccer tournament, um, which is basically the same. Have you heard, have you heard of this? Uh, no, honestly. So, uh, please tell me more, Adam. Okay. So it's, it's a 32 team tournament. They're kind of going to kind of do it like the world cup where there's going to be groups and you know, the, the it's, it's going to be in that format. Um, it's all, Amateur, former pros are going to be playing. Um, there's a team full of women, uh, women's national team um, legends. Uh, Heather O'Reilly, Lori Lindsay, um, Lori Chalupney. I haven't seen that name in a long time. Um, they're going to be uh, they're going to be playing in it. Um, Wolverhampton Wanderers are bringing a roster of club legends over. Um, I fully expect to see Chris Uwalumo lining up for them. Um, if he isn't, I'm going to be very, very upset. Uh, there's some U.S. men's team players uh, that are on Team Dempsey. That's right, Clint, Clint Dempsey. Um, Jermaine Jones is on that roster as well. Um, uh, hashtag United. I don't know if anybody knows about them. They're a club in England. Uh, there's they were sort of formed on on as the name suggests forms on formed in a uh, um uh like a a social media basis. Um, yeah, just kind of stuff like that. Like there's a bunch of, um, you know, uh, there's, so there's an amateur club from Sandy Hook, Connecticut, um, uh, called Newtown pride. They're entering, uh, it's, it's going to be short, um, short fields, seven on seven running subs, and the scoring is going to be kind of weird. Um, so it's 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 called what's it called the the Elam yeah. ending. Yes, okay, yeah, that's that's it. So so basically, it's two twenty minute halves with a quick halftime in between, and they basically when 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 the time runs out, the it's like next. It's kind of like next score wins, but it's different. So it's like the the, the a target score is set, um, and the target score is going to be one more goal 
than the leading team has. So if one team has five and the other team has three, the team the, the target goal will be six. So if the team that's leading scores, uh, or when the, the team that's leading scores six, that's when the game will end. So it's not just in regulation. So it's kind of like a, a souped-up stoppage time kind of thing. Um, and if it's tied, then they just keep playing, and it's a golden goal. So it's, it's whoever scores next. So that's kind of cool. Um. So yeah, it's it's uh, um, and there's some other rules about. I, I think if they go so long without scoring, uh, if they're tied, then they, we have, um, you know, uh, players come off and and it goes like to six on six and five on five, four for th- things like that. So, anyways, it's um, yeah, it, it sounds really cool. I mean, I'm I'm really intrigued by by this, and I think it's it's a it's a good idea. And in off years where there's no World Cup, there's no Euros, I think it's a great concept to get Americans or keep Americans interested in the game. I, I know that sounds awesome. Um, there's a, there's a <clears throat> other than Team Dempsey, there's one with Jimmy Conrad ugh, and Demarcus Beasley, one of my favorites. Um, Dwayne DeRosario, I don't know if you ever, if you remember him, if you, you, he's, Former MLS player, famous for the dreadlocks, he's playing on the the Conrad and Beasley team. So yeah, it's it's kind of a who's who. Borussia Dortmund are going to have uh, some some of their. I think it's it's club legends, coaches, and yeah, high profile personalities, whatever that means. I'm sure I'm sure there will be some weird German celebrities in the Borussia Dortmund team. Um, sadly, not Gio Reyna, but uh, but yeah, that's okay. No. Uh, uh... No, it's probably going to be like a bunch of like, you know, 15-year-olds. They're all going to either look like Jude Bellingham or like Erling Holland, And they're just like in the next three years, we'll probably know who they are. And they'll no, probably I mean, like a- they, they have said they have said it's it's club legends, coaches and and they're not I don't think they're they're putting actual like genuine talent into this. I think I think everybody's in the spirit of this is some fun. So I don't think you're going to see, you know, any Mukokos in this in this team. For anybody who knows that from from uh, um, football manager. Um, by the way, there is a Wrexham team, and Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhenney, and uh, their player coach they're they're going to be playing. So for fans of Welcome to Wrexham, you're going to see Ryan Reynolds and and, and Rob McElhenney in action. So that that'll be fun. Um, the only thing is, I don't know who's going to televise it, or if it's going to be televised. No, that that has not been unveiled. I mean, I, honestly, they, I, I, I assume ESPN. Yeah, it's got it, it's got to be ESPN, and like I would put it on on ESPN two, and then also on the plus. Oh, it's, this has got to be on ESPN plus. It'd be fantastic. I, yeah. It, it, it's gonna. It, it, that, that sounds like just your. That sounds like great. That, that that'd be an oasis of sport during the summer desert. Yeah. Um, and I like this kind of stuff. You know, it's kind of like how you know they they're not because they're not doing like I, I, I compare it to what they did instead of the Pro Bowl. Like it's it's you know skills competition stuff, and it's you know it's that kind of like lighthearted but still fun and still competitive but in a different way sport. Which I think we need more of. 
Like I, I enjoy this kind of stuff. I, I, I may not necessarily watch it, but I enjoy that we do it because it's just a different way of enjoying the sport. But it doesn't have to be the game. It doesn't have to be the same. So, yeah, no, it, it sounds yeah. it sounds incredible, but at the same time, uh, my heart uh, is torn in multiple directions because I would love to go see that live. I think that'd be incredible to go yeah. see it live. So it's going to be it's going to be in Cary, North Carolina. Um, is when that's is where is where this is going to be played. So there are tickets available for those of you who want to who want to go and watch that. Um, I, I, if there if this is going to be long term, I kind of feel like this has to be on our our, our, our football bucket list, uh, if you will. Um, I also believe, and we and I don't understand why we aren't doing this right now. We definitely need, um we need to, we need to be watching the Dallas Cup. Oh yeah, I don't understand why we are not there. Um, I, I, I live in Oklahoma city. That's one reason, but I do, I, I, it is fun. I mean, if, and if you do have a chance, I do think it's worth it to go to the Dallas cup because you get to see a lot of great young talent. Um, you know, they play in the stadium there. It's just a lot of fun. Families are there. They're having a good time. So yeah, if you have a chance to go watch the Dallas cup, it's fun. I've been a couple of times. It's, it's a good, it's a good experience. Um, but I mean, I, there's going to be more going on this summer, Jordan. I yeah. think. Yeah. No, there is. It's for sure. Uh, we just we just kind of have to. You're going to have to uh, sweet talk your wife, uh, the lovely Christina, into letting you out of the house after uh, after having birthed your child like two <laughs> weeks prior. Um, I'm going to leave that to you. To, to either go to Atlanta, which I'm up for, because that would be close to. Uh, the uh, the silent member uh, of our uh, of the We Eat All the Pies podcast, uh, Caleb Slinker, uh, R.I.P. Caleb. He's um, not dead. <laughs> no, he's not dead. I'm just gonna keep shouting R.I.P. Caleb. It's like the gag from uh, It's Always Sunny when they were who was it was it Wade Boggs I think and yes. they were like. He was great. RFP wait. Not again. Yeah. Not dead. He's not dead. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm going to be doing. Uh, it's uh, because six Premier League teams uh, are coming across uh, across the pond to do a preseason tour in July, and one of them is Newcastle. And Newcastle's uh, they're, uh, they're playing three matches in the United States, one in Philadelphia. I'm totally out on that. Um. Never want to go to Philadelphia in my life. The other's <laughs> in New Jersey. And then the third is in Atlanta, which, you know, closest to us, um, you know, in, in the same area, in the same geographic and cultural area per se. So the food would be of similar delicious quality. I might be a little bit iffy looking at the barbecue, but it's still probably going to take taste delicious. Um, and we'll be close to our buddy. So, yeah, I think I'm leaning towards Atlanta. However, um, just got to run that past the wife, which I honestly think she's kind of in on because she said, you know, this is probably the one time, you know, one of the few times in your life you'd actually see the team you love. So, yeah. So, oh, fingers crossed. Hoping I get to go on that, yeah. uh, go go watch my my beloved Jordy boys take yeah. the piss all over all over Atlanta. Please, uh, please go enjoy that for me because there's no way I'm getting out of the house. Yeah, 
No, uh, way. you'll be watching. You'll be watching it on an illegal Chinese feed. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be televised. Probably so. Um, um, yeah, what I like about it is there's some different teams in this. Is you know they've got Newcastle, but then they're sort of giving like some of the some of the the lesser known mid table teams a chance to be seen, like Fulham and Brentford and Aston Villa and Chelsea. You know those guys who are uh, who are struggling for attention right now, um, and uh, <laughs> and they're not going to be seen as much next season. Oh boy, sorry Blues, I'm not really sorry at all. All right, um, we're we're running. Super long on time, but yeah, lots going on this summer. Um, but uh, like we said, we've we've got plenty of football left, guys. This is this is this is still got a long, long ways to go. Lots of twists and turns still to come. Um, we're gonna be here for for all of it, um, and yeah, we'll be here next week as well. But uh, Jordan, would you please do the honors? Uh, let's go eat some pies, guys. Let's go eat some pies. Everybody enjoy this weekend. Hope you had a very very good Easter. Um, but we got more Premier League football coming up, and uh, we'll talk to you more about that next week.